Um, here we are. <laughs> I, I, I want you to meet a, a character. Um, his name is, so all of you who are smaller people especially, I need you to help me with this. Okay, if, if you're like 10 years old or younger, just wave at me. Where are you guys? Okay, so on the screen, there's a guy, and I want you to learn his name, and I want you to watch him and see what he's up to when, when I'm just talking up here. So his name is Spaceman Southside Sam. Okay, you want to say that together? His name is Spaceman Southside Sam. And we're, we're going to hear from him each week. Now, for, for all of the grown-ups who are in here, I, I want to claim something. That even though what we're talking about this Advent and the way that we're talking about it together, it's fun and it's intergenerational, I will promise you that if you grasp what we want to learn in this Advent, it will change your life. Wow. Of, of the maybe five themes or five understandings that I think are critical to the way we live our life in the in-between, um, this one is critical. This one is, it's actually often against what we have always said to one another. Um, it contradicts a lot of the songs that we sing with one another. Um, and it's the whole question of, well, where is heaven? And what is heaven? So, in order for us to talk about heaven, we have to talk about the earth. All right, so, so let's start there. And what we're doing right now is segueing from where we've been. So we've been asking hard questions about Jesus. What did he come to do? What was his death all about? What was his burial all about? What was his resurrection all about? Um, and what is different now and in the future because of all of that? So it brings us to the question of heaven. Is heaven sort of the logical next step for us to think about? It might be, but we better examine the things that we've thought about what heaven is and this morning where heaven is before we go any farther. So when we talk about heaven, we have to talk about earth. And when we talk about earth, there have been a variety of views on a whole spectrum of what the future of earth is. And as we think about that, uh, Southside Sam is going to help us think about it a little bit because there's the whole matter of what happens to those who are following Jesus. Is anything happening to Southside Sam, by the way? What? He goes to space. He's gone. Southside Sam is gone, right? And I know many Christians for whom the answer to the question about the importance of heaven is that basically, as far as earth is concerned, we're gone, Right? So the earth is getting worse and worse. So one position that you can take is to say, thank goodness there's a place called heaven because we don't want to stay here in this earth that is getting worse and worse and worse. And there seems to be no turning back. So we're off to heaven. So think about some songs that we sing, right? Think about some of the Christmas carols even that we sing where we say, this world is not my home. I'm only passing through, right? My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And heaven, heaven is that place that is after the earth, and it doesn't matter about the earth because thank goodness we're not going to be stuck here as it gets worse and worse and worse. How many would say that's kind of the message that you think you've been told over your years in church? We live on the earth, and then we leave. 
And yeah, it's in bad shape. And yeah, it's getting worse and worse. But we're not staying. We're leaving. That, that's one end of um, the array of views about the earth uh, related to heaven. The other is one that says, well, if we work hard enough and long enough, then we might be able to make the earth better again. So uh, every way and every day, things are getting better and better. And maybe we can finally get Earth back to the state that it needs to be in, and everything will be fine. With no regard, really, to religion, except that we're inspired by religion, and we're inspired to be moral and ethical influences on Earth, and maybe it'll get better. Neither one of those is actually a biblical view of Earth and heaven and the relationship between the two. So I want to propose this Advent season that we need to set aside the things we have thought about heaven as a place that's somewhere out there, but we will talk about where it is. We need to set those aside and say, let's not talk about heaven apart from also talking about earth. All right? So I'm saying, let's not just say we're out of here, thank goodness. And I'll tell you some of the frank comments I've heard. Why would we worry about recycling? Because this earth is passing away anyway. Christians don't need to worry about that. Those are the sorts of things people have said and might say. So we want to come to the question about the relationship between heaven and earth and learn some things from our friend. There he is. The point is he's back, all right? He left, and he's back. So that's a very deep and profound biblical idea that actually, as it concerns Earth, we will leave, but we'll be back. And it's that part that I was never told. At least I was never told it in a way that was compelling. Basically, I had this notion that I would live on Earth, I would die, and thank goodness, there's a place that's where I'm really destined for called heaven, and I don't have to worry about this earth. There might even be a new earth, but I don't care much about it, because where I'm going is so phenomenal that why would I care any more about the earth? Well, I think there is a great reason for us to worry and think about earth. So, here's my proposal. One of the best ways to characterize heaven is to call it a spaceship. Now, that's a different idea, right? So when we think about heaven, we think, first of all, about some place far away. We're not quite sure where, but it's far away from here, but maybe not too far from here because you can get there. But it is the place that we're going, and it's the place we are destined for, the place that we will stay forever and ever and ever. There's something else that's going to go on here. Maybe it's got to do with the Jews. Maybe it's got to do with people who were born after us. and all. But it doesn't matter because for us, we leave earth, we go to heaven. And that's our eternal destiny. That's where we belong. This is not our home. That's our home. Well, I invite you to think of heaven not as a place that is an eternal permanent destiny, but more like a spaceship that is moving through the dimensions of reality. And if you think I am totally out of my mind, spend the rest of this morning reading Ezekiel chapter 1 and Revelation chapter 21. Do you remember Ezekiel chapter 1? 
it is a crazy chapter about something that Ezekiel sees that has faces, it has wheels and wheels within those wheels, it has fire flaming from all over it, it moves randomly at will, and it's not like anything we've ever seen. Revelation 21 says, I saw the new Jerusalem come down from the sky out of heaven, and it landed on earth, and it was the capital city of earth. Aren't those descriptions of heaven? Not a place that's far away that we go to that's our eternal home, but I'm going to propose to you that it is a way station. It is a guest house between our death and our resurrection into the thing that we're really destined for, which is the new heaven and the new earth. So my favorite theologian, N.T. Wright, says, the hope of the Christian is not the life after death, but the life after the life after death. And for me, that makes all the difference in the world, and I hope you'll see how it really will make all the difference for you as well. In uh, John chapter 14, we have the Lord Jesus describing to his disciples what he is about to do. So you remember this passage. He says, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So when, when we sort of roll our sleeves up and say, Well, what does the Bible say about heaven? Uh, here's a passage we would go to and we would say, Well, Jesus called heaven my Father's house. And when the disciples were worried that he was going to leave earth, he said, well, let me tell you where I'm going. I'm going to my father's house, and I'm going to prepare a place for you in my father's house. Here's what I learned about that dwelling place, those that exist in the father's house, doesn't mean a place where you go and live forever, but a lodging house, a place to stay a while and rest and be refreshed until it's time to continue on your journey. Jesus is saying that between death and resurrection, there's a place of light and peace and rest where we can wait in the presence of Jesus until the final day. Do you like that idea? You see, the New Testament doesn't care to tell us a whole lot about heaven as though it were our final destiny. And if it were our final destiny, we would expect to find pages upon pages of descriptions about that, but we're told hardly anything about the place, heaven. We're told about what happens after heaven, and that's what Tom Wright calls the life after, the life after death. Now, is there a place that is where we go when we die? Without question, there is. And we find also in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul picks up on that, and he says, I, I don't want you to be concerned um, about what happens when people leave this earth and go somewhere else. Um, he, he may remember with them that on the cross there was this thief who said, remember me today when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, yeah, today you're going to be with me in paradise. What did Jesus mean by that? Jesus meant that he was going somewhere and that that very day he would invite the thief who was following him to go there with him. So there's a real place that Jesus went to, but he, when he described it to the disciples, he said it's a dwelling place, which is more a lodging house. So don't worry, because I'm going to prepare a place for you in the lodging house, and after the bridegroom and bride are united in the Father's house, what's the next thing that happens? 
the feast, the banquet, and it's back in public. So I think Jesus is saying is when you leave your body, you're going to go someplace where we can best call it my father's house. I'll be there. And then we together are going to come back and we're going to have a great celebration. The Apostle Paul, when he's wanting to give advice to the people who are following Jesus in the early years, says this to them. He says, therefore, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. So again, to the question, am I suggesting that there's a state of non-being? Not at all. Jesus said, you're worried about me leaving. Where I'm going is my father's house. When I get there, I'm going to prepare an abode for you, a wayhouse for you, um, a guest house for you. And you're going to come with me and we're going to be there together. To the thief, he says, you're going to be with me today in paradise. And to the believers, the apostle Paul says, it's either one or the other. If you're present in your body, you're absent from the Lord. But if you're absent from your body, you're present with the Lord. So we truly will go somewhere. But the difference is we're going to somewhere where we will simply wait in the glory of the presence of Jesus. So this is, this is a five-star guest house that we're going to. But we're going there to wait for the consummation of the work that Jesus did when we return with him. And we're going to spend time for the next few weeks um, looking at why it is that this is what's coming next for us. We're going to look at the fact that the corruption that had seized us had also seized the earth. And Jesus did something about that, just as well as he did something about the corruption that had seized us. And Jesus does not want to throw away the creation that God made, just as he didn't want to throw away those that God created as his fellowship beings. So it makes sense that if we are being recreated, so is this earth being recreated. And for me, that's an incredible idea to realize that the world will not just stop being, but what God created it to be, it will fully be because it has begun a recreation and the kingdom of God is coming to this earth. It's already arriving and we belong to that future kingdom. We're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to talk about the fact that there's a continuity between this creation and the next and all that is in the future for us is not waiting for what's going to happen after that, but it's coming with the Lord Jesus and into the glory of the kingdom that he has. So heaven is not a place, I think, in our space-time continuum. And it's interesting, I think many of the younger ones among us have an easier time grasping this, to say, yeah, well, it's not a place like Toronto is a place, but it's a place. Because otherwise, Jesus would not be saying, you're going to be with me. And I, I, I just mean as an idea, as, as a thought. So as you die, take comfort in this, that I'm dying as well. Nonsense. He says, I'm going somewhere. It's called paradise. You're going to be there with me. So the disciples, why are you so upset? Because I'm just going just ahead of you, and I will prepare a place for you in a real place, not an imaginary place, not, not a theoretical place, a real place. And to those who fell asleep in Christ, um, Paul says, when you think about them, being absent from their body means they are being present with the Lord. So there is an immediate presence with Jesus in a place called heaven. But the second part of that is to say, and that's not where we stay. 
So we're going to look at what God has done and will do to change all of creation. We're going to look at what it'll be like to be part of that, and then what it is that we have been recreated for. Where is heaven? Um, heaven is not a place, says one commentator, in our space-time continuum, but a different sphere of reality that overlaps and interlocks with our sphere in numerous, though mysterious, ways. It all makes sense now, doesn't it? No. I mean, how many dimensions do they now say there are? At least 11, right? And we live in just a few of those. So there is a place called heaven. It's just not like this place, but it is a place where we are consciously present with Jesus. Now, do we have bodies? Jesus had a body, but remember that the corruption had been dealt with and he was not subject to the corruption of sin. So his resurrected body proved that he had conquered the corruption in the flesh, and our resurrection will be the proof that the corruption in our flesh has been dealt with. So in what sort of a vehicle do we live in heaven? I don't know. But we do know that we're consciously present, we're individually consciously present, and there we are waiting for the incredible event of the resurrection of our bodies. When one day there'll be news in heaven that says, okay guys, get ready, it's been real, but we're going back to earth now. And by the way, you're getting your bodies back. So if you're not happy with your body, pray hard that between now and then things change, right? Because the day will come when you, the door will be opened in the place called heaven where you've been with Jesus, we have been together with Jesus, and Jesus says, now let's go. This is what I've been waiting for. This is what we have been planning for since before the beginning of time. The glory that we're looking forward to, the hope that we have is the life after the life after death when God has again what he wants. Remember our friend Athanasius? who said when it comes to the matter of Satan leading us back into death and non-existence, God said, I won't have it. When Satan said, I now own this kingdom, this earth, God said, no, you can't have that either. I will bring about a new creation, new heaven and a new earth, and it'll be spectacular. It'll be glorious. How will we exist in that new heaven and new earth? Well, we need to be instructed about that by how we were instructed to live in this heaven and earth. So without sin and rebellion, we will be those who are given custody of this glorious new creation, and we will have jobs to do, lives to live, relationships to build, and it'll just be apart from the corruption of sin. In the meantime, the good news is there is somewhere for us to go. It is called Spaceship Heaven because it is more like a spaceship than it is of anything else. Here's something that the Apostle Paul said that I'll, I'll wind up with. It's, it's a very mysterious, cryptic kind of thing. He says, for instance, I know a man who 14 years ago was seized by Christ and swept in ecstasy to the heights of heaven. I really don't know if this took place in the body or out of it. Only God knows. So we wonder, did anybody go to heaven and then come back and tell us about it? Paul says, actually, I did. So he doesn't name himself. But he says, 14 years ago, and I can't tell you whether it was in the body or not, but it was a real experience that I had when I went to heaven. And I'm here to tell you about it now. Only God knows what form I was in when I was there, but I was consciously present. I saw it, I heard it, I felt it. And uh, I'm here to tell you that there is another place called heaven. So are you ready to go to heaven? Yes, we want to go to heaven.
But there's a chapter after that that's even more exciting that says the spaceship is coming back, spaceship is going to land, and there will be a new creation, new heaven, and new earth. Let's pray about this for a minute. Father, we thank you for um, just stretching our minds a little bit to understand that um, it's not leaving here and going to a faraway place that's, that's better, but it is leaving here to go and prepare to return to an incredible new creation of which we will be a part. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.